Hi, welcome to Grace Intersect. The goal of this podcast is to help us have an increasingly clear understanding of grace. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer. Thank you for joining us today. The professor stood behind a blonde wooden desk as he made his pronouncement. He had been talking rather dogmatically and, toward those who dared question him, with condescension. It was an advanced degree philosophy class of some sort I was taking in the mid-1970s. I don't remember specifically what it was or anything else much about it. I think I was taking it as a filler to complete an unrelated degree program. Out of a group of about 15 to 18 students, there seemed to be only two of us who were Christians. That was determined by the response of the class to my occasional seemingly challenging questions. Many students would give derisive looks when those questions were asked. Some would make degrading comments as the class would end. This was my first exposure to a philosophy class of any type. I was trying to follow, but didn't process the information very well. I didn't have much of a structure of thought to know how to organize these new and weird ideas, so I asked questions from time to time. The professor's demeanor seemed to me to be one of, shut up and listen and learn. After the first week, almost no one asked questions in the class. Every once in a while, I just had to get more information to try to understand what he was saying. In some ways, it was interesting, but very hard for me to follow. One person walked from class with me one day and said that he was a Christian, but was keeping that information quiet. He was not interested in being treated like I had been by the professor or other students. It was a brief but important friendship for me during that semester. On this day toward the end of class, the professor made an emphatic statement that there was no such thing as an absolute. There were no absolutes. He gave various examples, including one where he said the chairs we were sitting in were not really wood. We just called them that. They really were a conglomeration of atoms that we just identified with the word wood. In fact, there were probably other things that preceded the atoms that we haven't even discovered yet. Huh? That just didn't seem to make any sense to me. In my innocence and literal ignorance, I raised my hand. When recognized, I asked if his statement that there were no absolutes was an absolute. He obviously didn't like the question. After a brief glare in my direction, he stepped closer to the desk, put both hands on it as he leaned forward and dropped his head. It seemed like an eternity to me, though it probably had only been a few seconds. I was beginning to imagine his insulting response. The class was utterly silent, and it seemed like the full weight of his scornful reply would be felt that much more. Finally, he spoke. Just one word. Absolutely. I don't remember any of the students giving away their thoughts with their body language. No strange looks in my direction. Even though there were just a few minutes left of class, the professor dismissed us. Out in the hall, some students actually smiled at me or nodded approvingly. My Christian friend thought I was brave, but probably wouldn't pass the class as a result of that question. I honestly don't remember much more than that about the class. The professor did seem to be somewhat less demeaning after that. During that time, questions about my personal and religious values were stimulated. Stuff I had never heard of before was being thrown at me and it was a challenge. It challenged my Christian understanding of life. In an earlier semester, a class on movie art exposed me to a level of debauchery that I didn't know even existed. It was confusing to see so many people with such a different worldview 
living apparently confidently in it. Maybe it was me who was way off base in knowing what life was all about. This turned into a crisis of faith for me. What do I really believe about life and God? What gives meaning and purpose to life? Did God really exist or is a God just a human invention? It seemed like a lot of people I hung out with kind of assumed Christianity. It was like a God was needed to give us some reason to hope that life has meaning, both now and also beyond this earthly existence. But assumptions weren't going to be helpful in answering these questions. In my Christian community, doubts about God were really frowned upon. Of course there was a God. There had to be. Don't talk about doubts regarding God. That will discourage others, especially those who may also be having some doubts. Besides, doubting God is like a slap in the face to him. That's no way to treat God. Don't you know, almost everyone believes in God. So many people can't be wrong, so don't be left out. Well, at some point in life, you, me, and everyone else needs to ask all the questions necessary to come to some kind of understanding about life. Assumptions based on the influence of important people in your life, like parents, teachers, friends, coaches, and so on, last only so long. Somewhere along the line, you will have questions you want answers to. We want truth. We want to live a life that reflects what we know to be true. To some extent, that probably helps explain all the various religions in the world. Even non-religious philosophies and causes can have religious attributes that may address our profound questions. Have you noticed that the same questions can and do generate a variety of responses? We are seekers of truth, aren't we? I find Christianity to be a very reasonable belief. Belief in Jesus doesn't rely on blind faith. There are very good reasons to believe in a Creator God. There are very good reasons to believe that God is interested in and even loves His creation, especially His humans. There are very good reasons to believe that God wants a loving relationship with His human creation. There are very good reasons to believe that God has the perfect plan to assure that He can forever be in relationship with His human creation. Can we state with absolute certainty that everything we believe is 2 plus 2 equals 4 provable? Absolutely. Not. Puns can be fun. Will every and all possible questions that we may have about God, creation, love, and eternity be completely answered to our total satisfaction? No matter how much we may wish that were the case, the answer is a solid no. Is it necessary for all questions to be fully answered? For me, doubts as they relate to Christianity can be very healthy. They give a reason for better understanding what I believe or help me make adjustments to my beliefs. Somewhere in life's journey, we will probably be fairly settled on what we believe about the existence of God. If you don't believe in a God, you will have to try to find your meaning for life elsewhere. If you do believe in a God, you will have to decide what it is you believe about this entity. As mentioned earlier, I think Jesus offers a good reason for belief in his deity. As humans, even if we generally settle on a belief that in God and Jesus we will find truth, there are still going to be aspects of our beliefs that are going to be increasingly better understood and subject to change. Jesus had people doubting him during the time of his spiritual leadership. Even though his cousin John the Baptist at one time declared Jesus to be the Lamb of God, 
who takes away the imperfections of people in this world, he later wondered if Jesus was really the Messiah, or if he should look for another. During a time when John was in prison, he sent some of his followers to ask Jesus that question. Jesus told the followers of John the Baptist to report to him what they had heard the message of Jesus to be and what the deeds of Jesus were. This was given as information enough to bolster John's belief in Jesus. It was sensible to accept this as truth. The siblings of Jesus doubted him. Though he was the oldest child in the family, even into their young adult years, they ridiculed Jesus. They didn't believe his message and seemed to think he was off his rocker. His nearest brother James later did believe and became a leader in the Jerusalem group of believers. What caused him to believe? Well, after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, he appeared to many people, including his brother James. Seeing his formerly dead brother now alive and interacting with him was quite convincing. You've heard of Doubting Thomas, right? Thomas was one of the followers of Jesus who helped spread his message. However, things didn't end up going the way Thomas was expecting. Jesus wasn't supposed to die. He was supposed to be a physically victorious Messiah for the Jewish people. Following his resurrection, Jesus met with a few of his followers, but Thomas wasn't with them. Later, when the followers were with Thomas, they told him about Jesus being alive and their time with Jesus. Thomas refused to believe them. He said that he would need to put his finger into the nail holes of Jesus' hands and his own hand into the side of Jesus that had been pierced by a sword before he would believe. Well, just over a week later, Jesus appeared to his followers again, and this time Thomas was with them. Jesus invited Thomas to put his finger and hands into his wounds. Thomas refused and acknowledged Jesus as his God. Jesus responded to Thomas affectionately, and then he said, that those who believed, though they have not seen him with physical eyes, they would be blessed. With humans, there will always be new trains of thought, new evidence, new arguments. The science is never really settled. Does that mean we get to go through life without any answers to the ultimate questions? Our understanding of truth is never completely established. How can it be? By definition, we are not God, nor can we become God. Therefore, our human limitations will always leave questions. Where there are questions, there can be doubts. However, the doubts don't have to become destructive. If our faith is reasonable, we can live with questions and even doubts. Contrary to my early church experience, doubts don't have to be suppressed. After all, we're dealing with spiritual aspects of life. Who do you know who knows all that there is to know about that? Maybe a bit of grace is called for. Did you notice that in Jesus' interaction with those who doubted him, there was never any condemnation? He was sometimes personally pained and sorrowful that some people didn't recognize him for who he was, but he wasn't intimidated by questions and doubts. He invites us to share them with him. His grace for us is unlimited. There is a spiritual dimension to life that is hard to describe, but it is experienced. When we allow Jesus to come into relationship with us, he connects with us spiritually. I don't know how to describe it, but I do know it happens. I have a foundational faith, hope, and love that goes beyond my physical, mental, or emotional abilities. My deepest core desires are aligned with his. I am most fulfilled and contented when I rest in his love and grace. However, another part of the spiritual dimension includes an enemy. There is a spiritual evil that seeks to destroy our relationship with Jesus. 
and our very souls in the process. Doubts, especially doubts connected to guilt, shame, disappointments, and even loneliness can provide a spiritual environment that allows questions and skepticism to grow. The power of evil can take advantage of these times. This can diminish our feelings of hope and faith. Even love may seem weakened as well. Again, this is not something a believer in Jesus will be condemned for. There is no need to fear a negative response from Jesus. In his perfect love for us, no fear is necessary. Rather, it is an opportunity to share it completely with him. He will encourage us in our spirit. He will be strong in our weakness. That we have faith is all that seems to be important to him. He knows that faith is hard for us humans. It's not our natural default. Skepticism is much more the norm. For good reason. Who can we really trust? In every situation. For all time. Jesus said we can trust him. He said if we have just the smallest amount of faith in him, if we can just believe in him a little, it is enough. His grace is bigger than our questions and doubts. Remember this, Jesus said he was the truth, the way, and the life. You got questions? Jesus has answers. I believe him. I hope you do too. Thank you for listening today. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer, and this is the Grace Intersect Podcast. As we process grace together, please know your thoughts and questions are always welcome. Comments may be made at the graceintersect.com website or by emailing comments at graceintersect.com. Have a great day.